Just over two years ago, the Franklin Public Schools launched a unique and creative effort aimed at promoting the ongoing health and wellness of its students. The Franklin Public Schools Substance Abuse Task Force is a unique collaboration of key community stakeholders who have all come together to develop innovative programming and resources for the students and families of the town of Franklin. On today's program, we'll discuss the mission of the task force, some of its accomplishments, and where it hopes to go in the future. All that and more coming up next on Chapter. My name is Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we're going to talk about the Franklin Public Schools Substance Abuse Task Force. And in studio today to talk about this is the Assistant Superintendent of Franklin Schools, Lucas Jaguer. Welcome, Lucas. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. We also have in studio a Franklin High Senior who is part of this task force, Siobhan Collins. Welcome, Siobhan. Thank you for having me. And we have the, the Director of Health and Physical Education, Kristen Latendra. Welcome. Thank you be here. We are all part of this group that have collaborated, I think, in a very, very unique fashion, Lucas, to um, come up with a task force that is addressing more than just substance abuse. It's really a, a generalized wellness of our students. Can you talk a little bit about the genesis of this task force? Sure, Jim. Um, the Franklin Public Schools Substance Abuse Task Force was assembled to really engage a variety of stakeholders through our community mm -hmm. um, to tackle what we all know and we're all experiencing in the different areas um, which we work. Uh, we work with schools. Um, you work with Safe Coalition. We have folks on the committee um, which include our local physicians or pediatricians, um, our police force, right. counselors, and um, a variety of other folks that have made their way, parents and community members um, who've also been a part of that. And also we have school committee representation. So I think we have a common goal and purpose in really trying to address and develop ways in which we can support our community mm. with regard to the substance abuse issue, but also, as you already referenced, really overall health and wellness of our community. Mm. So we all share the same challenge, and it was a, this group was assembled as a task force, as it's labeled, to really help uh, come together and see where we can uh, put all of our energy and our talents together to address these issues. Can you talk about how important it is to have these various points of view around the table? Could this be done without the various points of view? Uh, I don't think it could be done as successfully um, as it has, um, having worked in, in a variety of settings mm -hmm. in districts. Um, this is a really unique task force, and I, I hope that my hope in the future is that other communities um, can, can assemble groups of people like this. Um, one of our strongest group of stakeholders is our students, which we have one in the studio today, sure. which you'll hear from, um, to really get the, uh, the important in information we need. But um, I think you're right around the siloing of information or, or groups that have a common goal but have created some sort of competing um, interest or energy. Um, right. Us coming together, leaving the, uh, you always mention this at the at our meetings around, le people leave their um, egos at the door yeah. and come in and roll up our and roll up their sleeves and, and really get down to, to the work. So I think uh, we've been able to then really 
expedite the 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 process of uh, coming together, and we've gained tremendous momentum. And we sure have. And I know that I just came back from the National Heroin and Prescription Drug Summit, which is held in Atlanta every year. And there's all kinds of leaders there. We had the president visited this year, but we have congressmen, congresswomen. We have um, people like myself, citizens, people that work in schools. But I'm always amazed when I bring up this subject of the task force. People stop, walk in, and listen, and think. I've heard many many times. I've heard, well, that could never happen in our community because of some of those egos. So it really is a great way uh, of um, tackling this this really complex problem. And this is something, Kristen, um, you are a, a health education professional. Uh, this issue of substance abuse, we've really evolved in our thinking about what the cause of substance abuse uh, is, haven't we? Yeah, we really start to look at students at a younger age and try to take the prevention approach. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the heart and soul of where we need to start, um, but we also need to have our eyes open and be aware that students are experimenting and looking at drugs um, as something that they um, are interested in, piques curiosity mm-hmm. at the teenage level. We know that their brains are developing, mm-hmm. and we um, are also looking to create educational opportunities, interventions, diversion, and cessation programs right. to address student issues when it comes to substance abuse. And I think having, like Lucas said, everybody at the table, um, it makes it a multifaceted approach, um, and which is essential in when um, health promotion and program planning when you're looking at the whole child mm. and the impact. Yeah, and, and social-emotional health is kind of a buzzword that's used a lot and thrown around. What does that mean to the average, well, to anybody? What does it mean in education to be focused on social-emotional health? So social-emotional health is really a hot topic and a huge subject, but people will start to use um, substances if they're not necessarily happy with themselves. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. it could be because of a mental health concern mm-hmm. um, used as a maladaptive coping strategy, but it also could be just to fit in. You mm-hmm. know, being a teenager is hard and um, just trying to do things that might make them appealing to their peer group mm-hmm. is something that people will take the risk and do. So yeah. I think the more skill development and education that we can provide at a young age um, and then continue to counter the messages that we hear in the media mm-hmm. is critical to um, helping our students navigate the difficult high school and uh, teen years. Yeah, and you, um, uh, we have Siobhan here as a witness to this, but you, the schools have really integrated our students into this process, not only just the process of, okay, guys, let's make some posters and whatnot, but actually around the table at this task force, at these task force meetings, we need your voice, Siobhan. Uh, right, Kristen? And, Absolutely. And Lucas? Absolutely. We can't and so, do it without her. <laughs> Siobhan, you're an outgoing senior, meaning that you're, this will be your uh, alma mater very shortly. after graduation. First of all, congratulations. You're headed to Penn State. Yes. You excited? I'm very excited. But what what are your impressions of the task force and the importance? How does it impact students to be involved with something like this? Yeah, so I think it's really important to have student voices because we are the ones that are being impacted by all these changes and we're the target audience of these goals along with our parents and other people that we relate to. So I think having a voice like myself... um, that sees this every day and really knows what hits home is important because I can provide like a sense of what is successful and maybe like what might not hit where we want it to go. Right. Easy for a bunch of gray haired, in my case, older guys (laughs) to tell you guys what you need to do and and, uh, much more impactful to have it come from you as to what's resonating. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What is your impression overall about the landscape relative to substance use disorder and substance abuse in the schools in general? I mean, are you hopeful that we're getting tackling this? Are we, are you um, pessimistic, optimistic? What's no, I'm definitely on? optimistic mm -hmm. that um, these changes and what we're mm -hmm. leaning towards and providing, especially the diversionary program that we've been working on, right. um, will really help to eliminate the problem. And obviously, like we've said in the past, it's a time of experimentation and curiosity where right. it's still going to be relevant, mm -hmm. but we want to educate everyone in the sense that they know the risks and they understand what their actions have consequences, mm -hmm. and hopefully that will... Here it takes uh, leaders like you. It takes a student to step forward, and that's what leadership is. Leaders go first is something I had in my office a long time ago, but it's true. Um, it, it's not an easy thing, is it, to step out and say, I'm going to be part of this prevention effort for no, many kids? definitely not, because it is such a relevant part of society in our school that it's the cool thing to do sometimes to vape or to smoke. Sure. But knowing the impact that I have younger siblings and I don't want them having to feel like they need to do these things to fit in. Right. So I want to lead that in hopefully creating a better place for them to come into. It's a goosebump moment Absolutely. for me. No, just, <laughs> I, I just, I just, just get, I get uh, very emotional listening to you talk because we at the Safe Coalition see the other side of the coin. We see the impact of uh, substance use disorder and we see families destroyed over this and I'm so appreciative of, of leaders like you and other students that come forward um, it you you have the power to change this culture and um, I just thank you very much thank you uh, I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with the Franklin Public Schools Substance Abuse Task Force, members of that committee. My name's Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find my podcast at chaptersradio.com. Lucas, we talked a lot about, um, about the overall uh, setup of this committee. What are some of the initiatives that this committee is working on right now? Uh, Jim... We're focused on a multi-pronged approach, really trying to take this holistically. As you heard Siobhan mention around um, just the diversion program and vaping diversion, mm -hmm. trying to take a holistic approach to balancing um, consequences with support for students. Um, that's one of our goals and initiatives that uh, Siobhan's been involved with in that committee. Miss um, Latender's been involved in a variety of capacities in her role as a director, but also a member of Substance Abuse Task Force. And we're working on developing consistent educational experiences around substance abuse and healthy living for all of our middle school students so that when they enter high school, they have a common and shared experience. Mm. Ms. Latender is also involved with our high school experience program, um, and there are some connections there that we've begun to integrate, can, making quick connections for students that uh, you all went to, you went to three different middle schools, but you had these shared experiences. Mm -hmm. So let's tie this. Now you're one grade as freshmen, and how can we do that? They've been doing that for a long time, and we now are looking to continue to incorporate the work of SATF in that work. Um, also, are the, we have a few detectives and police officers on our committee that are really dedicated to the community and really helping, not just from the reactive standpoint, but they're on these committees serving because they see the value in being proactive. Uh, our, our detectives that work with the narcotics unit, we have a they've hired a counselor full time to work. Uh, who's on the committee as well, and they're working on a parent series around education, right. around drug recognition mm -hmm. um, that they're developing. Um, just a few more other pieces. Sure. Uh, we talked about uh, looking for ways in which we can continue to uh, incorporate community members. Uh, we had a community member who's involved with the peers 
Scholarship, mm-hmm. which um, is based. Yeah, his which I'll let you speak to. Yeah, his name is Paul Sacchetti, a wonderful family that that stood up and said they want to be part of the solution. Young family, they have incoming freshmen, and and they pledged a, a sizable five thousand dollar year scholarship, which is sustainable moving forward for people like Siobhan that are that are uh, leaders in this effort. So thanks for bringing that up. Sure. And the name of that program is Peers, P E E R S. It's an acronym, and I don't have the verbiage in front of me, but you hear more about it. Yeah. Yep. And the, the final thing I would mention um, that I'd like to plug is we've partnered as Franklin Public Schools with uh, William James College, yes, which is the former uh, School of Psychology, right. Massachusetts School of Psychology, um, for a project interface, which is a referral service. Mm-hmm. But this is not only an eligible option or a support for students who are in school, but for our entire community, mm-hmm. um, age birth to, you know, uh, aging, uh, any, any person who's looking for mental health services. Uh, can call this number and they're immediately connected with a resource and referral counselor who can point them in the right direction. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that we hear from families is around waiting lists and I'm trying to get help. I don't know where to go. Yep. Um, Safe Coalition is a place I would point people. Yep. If they're ready to engage in setting up counseling, um, the folks there really work hard. We're one of 33 communities that are on board with this right. and uh, we get a, a biannual report that tells us, hey, you had a real interest or a real need in this particular type of counseling and they start to shift counselors to meet the needs. So um, that's then they're, they're coordinating mental health services across the state and getting uh, the right people to the community to help. Lucas, how do people uh, find this great information that's been developed through the task force? Where can they go? So our goal is to, by the end of the year, put out um, another. We've, we communicated about this through newsletters, but mm-hmm. we're planning to send a dedicated message to our school community mm-hmm. um, via email with the information. It's also located on our website in the um, superintendent's office section of our uh, Franklin Public Schools website. Um, in addition, we've shared this information with our police and fire departments. So when they um, are responding to folks in need, um, they can hand information. Um, and It's a little magnet and a little flyer that they can get. Uh, and we'll continue to, to promote this in different ways. Um, we're working with Dr. Bergen on a PSA um, that we can post and have a link to that references this information as well. The William James College Interface Referral Service, and again, this is for mental health, suicide, substance abuse, uh, the depression, divorce, all of these types of issues that impact our community, this helpline is available. It is 888-244-6843. Again, it's 888 Two four four six eight four three. The service is for us, the citizens of Franklin, and it is to get you connected with local services that can help you uh, with whatever you're struggling with. And it does it quickly and efficiently, and even matches up your insurance. Kristen, I, I know that as a as a parent of somebody that uh, as two two young men that went through the Franklin schools years ago. Um, my oldest is 30, my other, my middle son's 27. So I look back and I'm just amazed at how this landscape has changed. Um, we're sitting here, Siobhan, you've got the assistant superintendent of schools, the director of health from Franklin High School. They're very approachable people, right? Yes. Um, and resources are at a fingertip away from you, right? And I think that's, that's the... Um, ultimate goal of this is to make people approachable. Uh, sure, you have the curriculum to back you up, but when someone's in crisis, we want to make, provide plenty of lifelines for people. But Kristen, I'm curious, how long have you been at Franklin Public I've been in the Franklin Public Schools for 14 years. Okay, 14 years. So certainly you've got a number of stories. You've seen the landscape change. 
What do you think the trajectory right now, um, if I'm a parent and I have an incoming freshman, what would you tell them about what's improved over the past five to 10 years in the schools? Yeah, I think that we've gone from the talking to to talking with Great. approach. Yep. Um, I also think that we don't just give students facts. We, we know that they can regurgitate information that's really easy for them to right, do. Right. What's more difficult for them to do is to react in a situation. Mm-hmm. So everything we do now, especially with our limited um, health curriculum time, um, FaceTime with students, we try to focus on skill development. Yeah. What can we do when we're not there, when they're faced with this situation and they have to react? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what they need. The more practice that they have, the better they're going to be able to get themselves out of a situation or have a response very quickly. Um, it's those few seconds when students panic and they don't know what to say, um, where things can go wrong or go down a path they didn't wanna go to. So um, just continuing with the skill development and really challenging them to think about what is realistic and what will work for them in a situation. Yeah, Uh, it's so important, right? Because these things do happen in a split second, these Mm, things being risk-taking behaviors. Uh, Today with with the confusion between vaping and whether there's THC in the vaping, high concentrate marijuana, and now we're going to legalize marijuana. And there's so many confusing messages, Siobhan. Does that ring true with you in terms of the outside world confusion relative to substance abuse? Yeah, definitely. My mom always says it that technology is always changing and no one can ever keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm only 18, but I also see that where Things are always changing, and I feel like every day there's something new coming out about it, and it's hard to keep up with all the new information that that's why we're trying to present everyone with this information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Siobhan, part of the reason I want to do this show is I don't want this to be a closely guarded secret. That is the task force in the efforts of the public schools uh, individually and collectively as a whole. What does it mean to you to have leaders like Kristen and Lucas available to you and to be able to collaborate with them as a Um, student? It's definitely inspiring to see that when you set your mind to something, you can do it. And going into college and then the workforce, it's very interesting to see that these are possible careers and jobs that I could have and the impact that it makes not only to each other, but to the whole community is really inspiring. What would you tell an incoming family uh, so next year I got a family and they're talking to me and say, well, I'm not sure whether to go to Franklin High or send my kids off. What would you tell them about education in Franklin in general, specifically to this issue? Um, kind of going off of what Ms. Latender said, the talking with instead of talking to, I feel a very strong connection with a lot of my teachers. Mm-hmm. And I have teachers from freshman year that I still go and visit. And I think that's just as important as learning the math problems freshman year is having those relationships that you have a supportive adult that you can go to other than your parents um, in the school. Makes all, I'm going to argue with you there just on one point. I think it is. it blows away math. No offense, guys, <laughs> um, and everything else. I think it's probably the most important learning you'll ever do um, is being uh, accessible to other people and learning what it's like to be supported in community and then becoming that person yourself. It's uh, nothing, nothing will in my opinion, ever eclipse that in terms of its importance for education. So, just wanted yeah. to piggyback on what I heard. Um, one, the connections uh, for students and 
adults, mm-hmm. uh, what staff members um, in a variety of settings and capacities is so important to make those connections. Ms. Latender hit on skill development, and yeah. I see tremendous synergy between what the health curriculum is offering, what our fifth graders are experiencing through DARE. They've changed their model. Um, that used to be when you went through DARE was all about learning about drugs. That's right. And they've shifted to decision making mm-hmm. and how to make better decisions in the moment. Um, and also when I think about our social emotional learning work um, as a district and at each school, it's focused on developing skills in these areas of social awareness. When we think about peer pressure, when we think about self-management, how are you coping? Do you have maladaptive skills that need work? And I think, Jim, we're all on a continuum. You know, we're in positions as adults now. Siobhan's a student, 18 years old, uh, a model student, I would would argue. I would argue so. But I think we're all on the continuum, and folks, I think every individual's in a different place. And I think the the more information we can give and share and talk with, as you you referenced, Siobhan, around developing those skills and and giving them the pieces they need to, to make better decisions moving forward, the better we'll all be. So I think there's tremendous synergy in our district and working towards these goals. I think the SEL work complements uh, social-emotional learning work. Thank you. Complements the work of our Substance Abuse Task Force, complements the work of DARE with our fifth graders, complements the work of our health curriculum um, across the district. Uh, Somebody has to be responsible for this this great environment we're in right now. There's a culture uh, in the public schools from the leadership that fosters this type of environment. Is that a stretch? Kristen? No, I think we are in a fantastic position and it's um, a privilege to be part of that type of environment. I do think that um, we're in a safe and supportive environment where it's safe to just open up and throw out an idea that might sound a little crazy at first um, and bat it around among stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's how we all learn and grow. I think everybody learns and grows every single day. And having the multifaceted um, approach to learning and education and looking at the whole child is what enables us to be successful. And, um, you know, I might say something and get feedback on it. And um, we all are in it together. So I think that supportive, collaborative approach makes everything successful and work together. Yeah. I mean, I reflect back to a time when I was asked to uh, help build or build some bridges between communities that were trying to come together to build a coalition. And it's on an island uh, off of Cape Cod. So you can put narrows it down pretty well. <laughs> um, they couldn't get together. Six communities with about 100,000 residents couldn't get together. That's not a cut on them. I think that that's the norm. Um, and it wasn't any one person. It was just a cultural thing. And uh, that I'll never forget that. Now, my only qualification was I did it before, right? We, we, we collaborated to put together the SAFE Coalition, and so I was trying to help them follow the model. My point is this. This is extremely unique um, in my view. I've traveled around the country. I've spoken to many uh, communities, and they just don't have this in their public schools. I just haven't seen it. Uh, as a taxpaying citizen and someone who's concerned about the future of our youth, I want to thank each of you individually for your roles with the task force thank you. and uh, thank the you super- as well. and the superintendent's office and the school committee for creating an environment where this is celebrated and uh, people can actually check their egos at the door and look after the best interests of our students, which I'm looking across the table at one. And if she doesn't motivate you to want to create a better right. uh, environment for the kids, then nobody will. Siobhan, good luck next year. Thank you. 
for the second segment of this conversation about the Franklin Public Schools Task Force, I have a dear friend, Dr. Ann Bergen, who is also the chair of the school committee here in Franklin. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. We just spoke with the assistant superintendent of schools. We spoke with the health director and a wonderful student uh, about the impact of the task force. And Ann, I just wanted to get your viewpoint. You've been around education for so long. Uh, You've been involved in this community in education for your just about your whole professional yes, life absolutely. and you're now on school committee what what does it mean to you to have an organization like the task force working in our schools well it it's important to me because we're taking action we're doing something we're faced with this epidemic this crisis and we're watching so many we have watched so many i have of so many of my former students who have died, mm. who have been victims of this and the, the suffering that families um, are going through. And when we can do something um, and bring together all of these people in our community, police and the medical community and uh, grandparents and parents and educators and all coming together to put our heads together and say, you know what, we're not going to stand by. We're going to take action. We're going to do something. And to have, particularly to have students involved and to have um, their voices heard in all of this and to see from their experience what it's like to be a young person today and then how we come together. And that's why the power of this group together is is so important to me it really is and i'm curious from a historical perspective how did this this uh, focus on social emotional health and the whole student how did that develop over time how did you see that develop was there a sharp start to this uh four or five years ago or is it just me getting on board and realizing the importance of it i think it's it's Maybe it's just sort of looking at the statistics and, and looking at the, the young people in our classrooms every single day. And we look and we see the number of kids' referrals that are suffering from depression or anxiety. And who, it, and even evidenced in um, absenteeism and tardiness and some of those uh, issues that we see, an increase in all of those things. So it brought brought it to our attention and then you compound it with that's the mental health focus and then you start to see the connection with everything that surfaced around uh, opioids and substances that that just compounded all of the emotional issues that we were seeing and it's sort of this uh, implosion when the two come together and we're seeing you combine all those mental health issues and then the availability of the opioids and what's happening out there and you put them together and that's what we're dealing with now. Are the Franklin schools leading do you think this charge with a task force sort of collaboration? Well, it certainly seems to be. I haven't seen it in any other places. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I had gone to a, a conference and talked a little bit about the work of the substance. Um, Up at MIAA. Yes. And you were flooded with people looking to get a copy of the ride home and some of the products of That's this right. work. That's right. When yeah. they heard what we were doing in Franklin, and these were people from many surrounding communities, uh, they were blown away by it. And yeah. they said, how can we do the same thing? Yeah. And a lot of it because of the work of the Safe Coalition spearheading a lot of it as well. Uh-huh. So it that, that partnership with all the work that you're doing, the yeah. Safe Coalition, partnering with the schools, with the YMCA, mm-hmm. with the police, all of those things. Does it take a special culture of leadership that enables superintendents and uh, teachers to work in this type of collaborative environment in the schools? Well, it, it does. It, 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 again, it sort of it takes a village, that yeah. whole thing, you know, in terms of um, when, again, when a community comes together and... The, and the leaders of the community, and the, and they 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 stand up and say we're going to do something about this. Right. And 
but but the community has to come together too because they there's that element of support even with when you look at schools to say we're going to we're going to stand up and we're going to support services for mental health more adjustment counselors we're going to um, put our money where our mouth is in terms of supporting all of this and and it's pretty complex but when a community comes together and the leaders of the community stand up and say this is a need and we're mm-hmm. going to come together as a community we're not going to watch our young people die anymore mm-hmm. we're going to do all that we can to um, intervene and 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 leave a legacy mm-hmm. you know and, to, and it was so refreshing to see Siobhan Collins' face when I mentioned, do you feel empowered as a student to have a voice around the table uh, on the task force? And she smiled and she said, I really do. And she looked at both Kristen and Lucas and, and, and nodded. Um, it really, that makes a huge difference that students know that they're part of the solution. That's exactly it. And I think, too, I think we have to broaden our into our what's the word I'm looking for our, our outreach I would say to to students um, not only the students who are sort of the ideal high school student mm-hmm. the ones who are who are the highest performing achievers and the ones who are but we also have to look at those that that struggle a bit and to and to see things from their perspective what makes life difficult for them mm-hmm. how, do, how how can we support and help them mm-hmm. um, I, and I think the more we reach out to kids. Uh, across the spectrum. I think that's really important. And the more we hear their voices, I think that we'll, we'll do better. Right. And, and we do have the ability, uh, I'm speaking broadly here, to change cultures and perceptions. And I think particularly of Tom Angelo, our great athletic director at Franklin uh, High School, who his mission when he came in, and this is a 30-year professional in that field, his mission was to support, to lift up the unified basketball team, mm-hmm. uh, which is a basketball team made up of intellectually disabled uh, students. Is that the right way yeah, of saying Yes, it? differently challenged. Differently challenged yeah. students, um, whether it's intellectual or physically, and match them with, uh, could be varsity athletes, it could be just mainstream students. That team now has 86 participants this past mm-hmm. year. It says so much for our school system that the athletic director of a powerhouse like Franklin that's that right. is winning all kinds of championships, has their eye on the prize and all this, that's all he wanted to talk about when I sat down with him here. And I think that you know, he's made that, he succeeded in the two years that that it was under his stewardship and continues in mainstreaming that to the point where we get, he gets an email from a parent who says, the first time my autistic son has ever sat at a lunch table welcomed by the varsity athletes of a team was day one of school, the day school opened last year. And I can't thank you enough because it's because of the unified basketball team. Well, darn it, Tom, this program changed the culture and made it cool to hang around with uh, people that were differently abled. That's that's exactly right. And I think the one thing we forget is when you look at the happiest people in the world, the ones who ultimately have the life of, you know, fulfillment, it's the ones who make a difference and show kindness to others. So when we think about it isn't just the student with autism who is happier as a result of this. It's all those young people that are out there making a difference and they know how it feels. And the idea being that when they go out into the world, they're going to continue this in other ways and that they're going to make not only the world a better place, but they're going to be much happier. And that's one of our goals is how do we 
prepare students for the world so that they are going to be happy and successful and flourish. And one of the ways is by doing things like contributing to things like Best Buddies and the Unified Arts Program. I love that you just brought that up, um, it, that that in the giving, you are really receiving. That's you know? exactly and, it. And, and so you get that feeling. Um, I'm going to call it a high. It's absolutely a high. It when is. you can help somebody and give them 10 fingers, uh, either with just a comment, a gesture, or even something bigger, being a best buddy. That's it. Um, you you get a feeling that you really can't replace, mm-hmm. and you want to do it again. It's self perpetuating. Right. Right. So we're giving these students the opportunity to do that, and uh, we're also letting them know that their voices are critically important. And I see that at the task force. I see the this morning we had a great mm-hmm. meeting, and I'm looking at the in the faces of these young men and women who clearly weren't just there passing time they were there for a purpose and to get to get involved with the task force so i just i just i keep saying it i'll keep saying it just from my perspective as a non-educator a consumer a parent a tax-paying citizen i have never been more proud of um, a community in terms of what the educational uh, what education's putting out and the leadership that we have and it to me in in the in the encounters that I've had with teachers and certainly a principal, Paul Perry, and his staff, it seems to be a top-down agreement that the, that we're after the whole student. We're after creating a healthy, whole individual. We're it, not just looking at one small silo. You're, you're absolutely right, and it, it is a reflection of the, the leadership. And, and I've had the honor and pleasure of, number one, interviewing a number of teachers in, in the Franklin Public Schools. Obviously, Dr. Hearn, the leadership that she provides, mm-hmm. but, but the principals, too, at every level, when you listen to them talk about kids and the amount of hours that they put in, people don't really understand th- what what that day is like and all summer long and, and how they work. But the passion, particularly when they talk about the whole child right. and, and their commitment to meeting the needs of, of everybody, it's a challenge, but they're, they're up to it, and they really do provide that spark and that leadership for us. Yeah, and I want to encourage anybody, parents that may be listening, please get involved. Um, we desperately want your voices around the table. Uh, we have many parents that walk into the meetings and are, are active participants and uh, make great contributions. We can't do it on our own. And I want to express a, a real thanks to Dr. Bergen for her leadership on the school committee and for everything you've done for education for all of your years. My son, Mike Derrick, <laughs> thinks of you fondly. He's 30 <laughs> years old down in um, in Washington, D.C. And uh, every three or four phone calls, he'll mention your name. Yeah. And I think that's a it's a... It's it's amazing the impact that you can have on uh, students, as you know, which is why you did it your whole life. Yeah. And um, I just want to thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And and it is. It's really an honor to like we would talk about it to, as you do to, to sort of give back to the community and mm-hmm. and be out there. But thank you so much. And I really appreciate your having me on today. Great. Thank you. And so that'll wrap up our conversation about the Franklin Public Schools Substance Abuse Task Force. For my guests, my name's Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and we'll see you next week.